Hello and welcome to this Gig Economy Project podcast. My name is Ben Ray. I'm the coordinator of the Gig Economy Project, which is a media network for platform workers in Europe. In this podcast, I am joined by Ludovic Voet, who is the Confederal Secretary of the European Trade Union Confederation, which represents 45 million trade unionists from 39 European countries. Ludovic has spoken at two conferences in Brussels this week, which the Gig Economy Project has also been reporting on, and he's made the case for European regulation of platform work, which ensures that platform workers have the labour rights and protections which previous generations of trade unionists have fought for and won. I met Ludovic in his ETEC office in Brussels, and in this podcast we talk about the European Commission's planned directive, trade union organising the platform economy, and whether the present context is conducive to a revival of the trade union movement in Europe. Ludovic, thank you very much for joining the Gig Economy Project podcast. Hello. <laughs> uh, so let's start off with uh, the main topic of discussion in the last few days of these conferences that both you and I have, have been attending in Brussels, uh, the European Commission's plans for platform work uh, directive. The European Trade Union Confederation has been very clear about saying what it wants. It wants a presumption of employment status. It wants the burden of proof uh, of, of employment status to shift from uh, employees to platforms. If the European Commission doesn't deliver on those things, and if it in fact delivers something that gives the platforms confidence that they can challenge their own courts in uh, Spain and Holland and the other Supreme Courts that have... Uh, that have sided with workers, how much of a blow would that be to the idea that there is a social Europe? Yeah, it's uh, indeed the moment where, with a directive, we will be at a moment uh, where either we will have a directive that protects workers, either we will have a directive that will, uh, if it's uh, built uh, on the basis of law protection uh, for workers and that it's more focused on uh, potential growth or uh, internal market uh, elements, etc., to provide legal certainty for uh, the platform companies. In that case, indeed, it can be a danger because uh, yeah, platforms could use it uh, to challenge uh, member states that would go uh, in the direction of protecting uh, workers. And there you can, of course, uh, think about Spain uh, that uh, did allow uh, only for riders, but uh, only already providing this um, presumption of employment relationship for these riders uh, with a bad directive, of course, it could be a challenge. Um, so we hope we will have a directive that is ambitious enough and that will protect uh, all those that want to go above uh, on social rights. And that's why the moment of the choice now at the end of the year for a, a directive will determine a lot on how Europe can deliver on social issues. There's been some suggestions that what the European Commission will come up with is a sort of halfway to what the European Parliament uh, resolution supported. So this halfway would be that uh, it includes the element of ch changing the burden of proof from uh, employees to platforms, but it doesn't include the presumption uh, of employment status. Now, if that happened, uh, presumably it would push the push the, the legislative ball and the, the legal ball back into the courts of the, the national governments. What would you think if that sort of solution was, was proposed? Yeah, so in the Commission IDs, there, there are four options, but the two most discussed uh, are uh, the first one, the presumption of employment relationship, the second one, only easing the burden of the proof. Uh, for indeed, 
in that in that case uh, still worker to have to start uh, to go to court and then we would uh, maybe ask uh, with a reversal of burden of proof uh, to the platform to prove the situation uh, starting uh, but if you don't start from a starting point that is that there is uh, in the majority of situation uh, subordination uh, from the platform with their workers uh, then this reversal of the burden of proof doesn't exist uh, so uh, if it's still up to the workers to go to court nothing change uh, from no because the element that is problematic now is not that workers uh, do not win in courts. Yes, they win in court with the trade unions, uh, but then there's no gen generalization of the decision. So what would make that uh, ah, with this option of only easing or reversing the burden of proof would be a game changer? Nothing. Uh, if you don't have a presumption of employment relationship from the start, complemented by this uh, phenom uh, this uh, this tool of reversing the burden of proof and asking the platform to go in front of a court uh, or an administrative body to challenge the fact that they think uh, uh, they, they, they would uh, trigger the, the rebut uh, of the presumption to to show that they really um, uh, have self-employed uh, with them and that they only act as intermediary in that case there would be no change mm -hmm. uh, without that there would be no change We've seen with the the riders' law in Spain, uh, it was into that came into force uh, about a couple of months ago in August. Uh, the platforms have responded to it in a variety of ways. Deliveroo left Spain, left the sector altogether. Um, Glovo uh, has only hired a very small percentage of its workers. The rest are still self-employed. Uber Eats and Just Eat have hired workers, but usually through subcontracting. Is the example of the riders' law suggest that it could be a danger for the trade union movement to focus too much on the issue of employment status when that might not solve the underlying problem of the fact that our jobs are located and precarious? I think the Spanish law gives us also the lessons uh, to learn on how to deal with it at European level. So two elements there, I think the historical uh, uh, how it came uh, into uh, into legislation in, in Spain is also a good lesson. Is a lot of court cases won by trade unions and the workers, uh, fines and sanctions against uh, platforms uh, that they have to pay for social security, etc. So uh, recognition of the wrongdoings of the platforms, but no change. Uh, exactly what I was saying, no generalization of the decision. So then it comes to policy. Uh, the government want to do something, uh, they come, they discuss with the social partners and unfortunately uh, with the social partners, while the trade union were asking to involve uh, all the platform economy, the employers only agreed uh, to do it for riders. And then you have a law that comes uh, and uh, so this shows us that from judicial, uh, uh, from judicial uh, court rulings uh, to uh, policy makings, uh, how we can go uh, to, to have success uh, there. But then there are shortcomings uh, because there are shortcomings because it's only uh, applying to riders. Uh, and then it's also how do you enforce uh, this decision when uh, the law en uh, enter into force. So as you said, important to see that they are already trying to escape their responsibility by subcontracting to another um, to another company, the fact to hire the, uh, these workers, uh, and in some cases they do not apply the law and they continue uh, with uh, self-employed. Uh, so this shows that we have to anticipate this already in the um, for the EU directive and and foresee provisions that would ensure uh, that uh, how to uh, to enforce uh, this uh, legislation. Uh, 
uh, this leads also to the question of subcontracting because exactly uh, if the goal is also that workers can bargain with the are allowed to bargain with the platform if they have a contract with a, a subcontract mm -hmm. uh, company uh, yeah the company that uh, hired them is not uh, the platform so they would uh, if you integrate a, a right uh, to uh, discuss how the algorithm affect the working conditions in the law yeah but if, if they are subcontracted they have no right to discuss with the platform that hired them because the platform that hired them uh, has no uh, interaction with the algorithm so also uh, this would defeat the purpose of mm. uh, having uh, uh, this um, yeah an employment relationship but with an escape because the real employer would still not uh, be uh, obliged in that case to uh, um, yeah uh, to respect its obligations so that's i think a good case study uh, that we have to yeah we have to protect because it uh, it all it gives the the right tool uh, from the beginning, presumption of employment relationship, reversal of burden of proof, but it shows the shortcoming of enforcement, uh, only riders when all the workers in the platform economy have also to uh, to be protected. Uh, so yes, it gives a lot of uh, thoughts uh, on how to deal with it at European level. Platform workers also face a lot of other issues than just classification. Um, I've spoken to Uber drivers who have been, you know, incredulous that after working for 10 years suddenly they're terminated from the app we've given no explanation for for why they completely lose their rating that they've built up over all those years uh, from you know providing a good service um not just unfair dismissals though facial recognition technology problem problems with that problems of not understanding the algorithm and why they're getting paid what they're getting paid does the change in new movement have a clear set of, of digital rights demands for workers? Yeah, uh, it's clear that the starting point of workers when they, um, when they want to improve their working condition is not to ask a, a contract. Mm. It's, it's to ask what is related to a contract and mm. the protection that is related to a contract. So for sure, the trade union demands are also that on when uh, platforms uh, will have to respect these rules. They will have also to enter in discussions with trade unions to, uh, to have collective agreements. And in the collective agreements, we will have to ensure that there is a fair repartition of work, which is not the case now because following your rating, you, you get the job or you, uh, you don't. Uh, that there's a protection against discrimination in this case, that there's first distribution of work also in, in terms of average uh, uh, hour that you uh, um, you are entitled to, that uh, the health and safety uh, issues are also uh, dealt with so that uh, we minimize the risk that uh, these workers are taking uh, uh, to, uh, and that it is an employer's responsibility to, uh, to take this uh, into account. When, when they will have to be employers, uh, they will have to consider this risk. Now, as they are not employers, they do not care uh, uh, about the risk that the workers are taking. So. Of course, the employment status is not exactly everything that the workers are asking, but the employment status is guaranteeing that a lot of the things that they are asking uh, are granted and uh, are rights for them. So, for example, the question of uh, a minimum hourly wages, uh, this mm -hmm. doesn't exist. This would allow you to be paid during your waiting time uh, when uh, for the moment you're not uh, and you're only paid when you, when you have a, a ride or a task. Uh, this, yeah, this would change. Uh, this would completely change the game uh, if they they are entitled to the rights that workers have. That's that's the goal behind. Also, it's uh, 
all the rights that we have won uh, with decades of fights of trade in the trade union movement to ensure that in the different uh, sectors there are collective bargaining agreements that, uh, that protect workers and that give them decent working conditions, all these provisions and uh, have to also be uh, applied to, uh, to these workers and they have to benefit from uh, all what the trade union movement was able to, to win over decades. How do you think the trade union movement is responding to the challenge of the pandemic and the rise in platform work that we've seen? Some estimates that the number of food delivery couriers has doubled in Europe since the, since the pandemic began. Um, a lot of the struggles we've seen since the be sort of beginning when the, the gig economy really took off about six, seven years ago, a lot of them have been led by collect workers' collectives, grassroots independent unions. A lot of them haven't been led by ETUC-affiliated traditional unions. Do you think those big unions are now starting to respond to, to, uh, to the fact that this platform economy is not going away? In fact, it's, it's going very quickly. Uh, yes, I I'm quite sure uh, our um, organizations are responding to this phenomenon. The, the problem from the start is, of course, that uh, you have workers that are misclassified, that are self-employed, uh, and that are unable to, uh, to organize. They are also vulnerable, uh, often from vulnerable groups that have no uh, contact with the trade union movement from the start. And trade, un uh, trade unions also... Uh, um, cannot be imposed from the uh, from the top. It also is a matter of collective organizing of of those who are working there. And the problem is, of course, that they did not see their uh, their, their their colleagues, etc. So the the challenge to organize is uh, for the workers uh, really strong because the, they are not protected against uh, dismissals. Uh, they are not protected if they are doing movements uh, and uh, re uh, collective claims. And uh, they, they were not, um, yeah, it's not a, a sector of the trade union movement that was existing because it was also new sectors. It, mm -hmm. it might change because uh, also platforms are coming to, uh, to existing sectors. So this, in that case, would challenge uh, the permanent status of those who are already in the trade union movement. So it may be easier to approach it pro uh, as a, a trade union movement. Uh, but also in the platform economy, there are a lot of initiatives from our uh, different uh, unions to try to organize them, to, uh, to, yeah, to defend them, to help them concretely also with services that also the employers should give. You know, uh, having a place uh, to, uh, to eat uh, when you're not working, uh, having the place to go to the toilets or to rest uh, uh, a little bit uh, before uh, continuing working. These things that all over Europe, more and more uh, unions are trying to provide uh, to the workers to also enter in communication with them, uh, but with the challenge that these workers are often occupied in uh, not on a long-term basis mm -hmm. uh, with the platform. Mm -hmm. And we know that trade union and movement, uh, movement, trade union involvement uh, needs also stability to ensure that you can uh, negotiate with, uh, with, uh, with the employers, that you can be protected against dismissal. If uh, the turnover is so important and it's uh, also understandable by the business model, not only by the mm -hmm. willingness of the workers, uh, then it's also challenging to organize. Uh, but this is more and more happening, uh, I would say, in on-location work, because it's, of course, easier to enter in contact. But then the next move will be how do you tackle with organizing uh, people that are working online, maybe working online only 10, 10 hours a week that do not see for 
that do not see a lot of problem with their situation because they are already protected by another job. So that's also often a problem, you know, if you are you you are ma you have a micro task online uh, to uh, to translate, uh, um, yeah, uh, for uh, for a platform, uh, but that you are already an employee in another sector, your social protection coverage is already there, so you don't see uh, the problem of being exploited uh, and not having rights to organize, not rights to social protection on these uh, tasks. Uh, so this will add additional challenge, but that the trade union will have to face because uh, if not, uh, yeah, the world of work will be more unequal uh, than before. You talked about uh, platformization moving into other sectors, more traditional sectors. Does the ETUC have a, have a clear idea in mind of where platform capitalism is going and what sectors uh, it's going to and, and how you might have to respond to that as a change in your movement? Uh, I think capitalism has a clear view where uh, they want to uh, expand the platform uh, and so we know already uh, where they could uh, we could go. Uh, I would take the example of just after the vote uh, of Prop 22 in California was done, uh, just after the referendum. Um, yeah, the Uber law uh, of California uh, was passed. Uh, just after, there was an op-ed by an early uh, Uber investor uh, in a newspaper, um, yeah, two weeks after, uh, to say how important it was uh, also for them to, uh, this, uh, this law, to envisage that in a lot of sectors they could expand this uh, through subcontracting to independent self-employed. Uh, uh, self and they, they, they say it can go from agriculture to zookeeping, uh, care work, uh, it can go uh, nursing, it can go in restaurant work, in, uh, uh, in IT, in data. In, uh, so a lot of work uh, is conceivable. They already know that they can do this. But we also know that uh, a lot of uh, the sectors where we uh, have difficulty to organize people, like uh, if you look at all the people active in temporary work, a temporary agency is easily transformable also uh, in a platform and there we have cases in uh, in the Netherlands where uh, our union has won against uh, helping and temper where two platforms were in fact uh, temporary agency but they are not respecting the the, uh, the, the obligations of a tem temporary agency so this is also uh, all the the easy work to transform into platform work is all the work that is on call uh, that you need a worker from one day to another and that you just don't want to have a contract to pay uh, the waiting time uh, in the construction sector, in the agricultural sector, uh, also in the industry this is possible to conceive because we are putting so much money also from the recovery plans in digitalization. Mm. This means also that companies will be able with uh, all the uh, digitalization of the economy to see how they can best organize to make more profit. So. We know where it can go, and we have to uh, anticipate this and react uh, strongly as trade union movement. Yeah. Th this month has been dubbed Striketober uh, in the United States because there's been a, a rash of strikes in lots of different industry sectors, including the, the platform economy, economy with Instacart uh, workers. We've also seen uh, in Europe, um, UK, masses of workers leaving their jobs something like one million workers the last few months have left their jobs. Some signs that in, on the continent as well that there's uh, that that's happening too. Is this a, a moment for a sort of the revival of the trade union movement? You know, the pressures that workers are facing in terms of inflation, uh, people people with a different perspective on work after the pandemic thinking 
do I need to, to put up with this type of boss, this type of stress anymore? Um, do you see this as a moment for, for renewal? And could it be a moment for, for a European general strike? I think the situation in which we are, if you link uh, what you present with also the, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, uh, or the fact that people, uh, a lot of people lost uh, their job, etc., shows different things. I would say there's a more and more of the pressure uh, to, to deliver on having minimum wage everywhere because there are a lot of workers working uh, on the poverty uh, line. Uh, so this also with uh, energy supply uh, um, crisis, it's also with the, the energy rise of the prices, uh, it's also uh, something that becomes more and more urgent. It's also, uh, I would say, the second element, the quality uh, job creation uh, and taking into account also the opportunities of the green transition to deliver with good working conditions uh, while, yeah, while doing a fair transition for the workers who have to change uh, from work will be key and then a third element all those who are unemployed now because of the pandemic and in unstable situation uh, that are precarious workers are also those who are often easy, easy to attract also in the platform economy because okay you lost your job but uh, there you have uh, an income that is possible to have rapidly you don't there's no entry uh, cost uh, in the platform because you just have to log on um, so uh, these are two mega trends i would say that uh, we have to take into account and have concrete answers, so I would say minimum wage, yeah, uh, quality jobs, uh, and creation of jobs, so that we ensure that there's a future for European workers that is not, uh, yeah, underpaid, uh, underpaid uh, job, uh, destruction of jobs due to uh, the twin transitions. That is uh, a danger that if it's not dealt properly, this uh, this will uh, happen, uh, and uh, to leave a generation uh, behind. Um, a generation that had l lose, uh, lost a job or are already unemployed and that c can go in the yeah, new economy that uh, would be completely de destroying the social rights. So I would say this conjunction is a little bit what we have in front of us where we need strong responses. Mm -hmm. Finally, Ludovic, um, we're, we're here in Brussels. You've addressed two conferences this week on, on the platform economy. Uh, four, well, two, two which I attended, <laughs> four which you've been at, four, Jesus. Okay, so you've, uh, you have must have heard a lot about the platform economy this week, you heard from people, workers all over the world. What has been uh, your main takeaway from that and something maybe you'll take away into your work with the ETUC? On the platform? On the platform economy and what you've heard from workers this week. I think that from this week, I, I take a lot of faith that it's possible to, to put the pressure necessary to, to deliver a, a good directive. It's not that uh, the, the battle is won, but uh, we have seen uh, a, lot, uh, a lot of people. There's a lot of, of workers that are organizing, that, and there's a lot of uh, trade union initiatives that have uh, worked to go to court to win against these platforms. Uh, the, the game, uh, the as I said in one of the conference, the battle of the ideas has, uh, has been won on the topic. So we know where is the problem. The platforms are uncomfortable uh, in the uncomfortable situation. We are in the offensive one. This was not the case a uh, few, uh, few years ago uh, where uh, yeah, everything was, uh, the narrative was let the platform economy grow. Mm. There are a lot of uh, economic opportunities uh, and we have to adapt to the new world of work. This is uh, now uh, 
we, we cannot hear this anymore and that's a good thing. Uh, of course, platform will continue to lobby against any directive. They will do everything against uh, if a directive come uh, to and they will do their best to evade every responsibility that we would put them. But I have a feeling uh, that all the efforts that are put by uh, a lot of uh, organizers, of workers at uh, local level and, uh, and of trade, un uh, trade union uh, uh, all over Europe are giving results. So I hope it will uh, be transformed in a political victory.